Welcome to today's episode of Ownership Matters, a podcast for homeowners in resident-owned communities brought to you by Rock USA. I'm Paul Bradley. And I'm Mike Bullard. And we're here to share some conversations with co-op leaders, co-op housing advocates, and leaders from across the manufactured housing industry. We've got a great rock leader joining us today. We sat down with Dennis Jakubowski from Marilla Country Village in Alden, New York, to talk about what their resident-owned community has been up to lately. So Dennis is the board president at Marilla Country Village, and their community really showcases the benefits of resident ownership. Dennis is a veteran co-op leader who spends his days supervising a concrete crew. He has also attended several Rock Leadership Institutes, as well as regional events, and he's spoken with and visited numerous co-ops throughout New York State. Thanks for joining us today on Ownership Matters, Dennis. We're really glad to have you with us. And let's jump right in, okay? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for work? And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Marilla Country Village, would you? I work for uh, Brody Construction. They're a concrete and masonry company. They do 99% is commercial and industrial work. I'm their superintendent for the flat work crew. Marilla Country Village has been around now for going on our 10 years, 154 lots. Right now we have nine vacant lots. We did fill one up last year. Dennis, we've seen evidence of an awful lot of improvements you all have made at Marilla Country Village in terms of infrastructure and maintenance. Can you share some of those and why they're important? We've paved, we got a mile and a half worth of roads. We've paved all the roads over the last five years. We do a section every year to keep the cost within our range. We set up a septic system. We have a huge leach field, uh, a program that we have it done monthly, tanks pumped yearly so that we don't have a, an issue down the road with, uh, with that. Uh, we bought a playground for the, the kids in the park, pretty good size. We have a tree cutting. We have a lot of trees in our park. So we have a tree cutting service once a year. We have a form that anybody has concerns, they can turn in a tree cutting form. And then we take a look at it every year and we have it done yearly. Water, the same thing. We've replaced two fire hydrants that we have them tested every year, but two, one last year and one this year that we found weren't, uh, weren't up to par. Many other things I can't even think off the top of my head, but the paving is a big thing and our water maintenance is the you know, the water meters, we have county water. So when we talked earlier, you mentioned the new tractor too. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got a new tractor or we'll drive for just such snow emergencies. And then we get a lot of snow like last week, weekend, we got about uh, eight, 10 inches of snow. We have a company that plows our roads, but we get the tractor out and we go clean everybody's driveways at the ends or anybody needs them cleaned. The operations director or myself, if I'm off of work, we'll we go to help everybody out. So we all keeps the community happy and it's easier. We have, you know, seniors, not seniors. So it's, uh, yeah, our tractors are our little baby. We like that. <laughs> now, that really is an impressive list. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars there. How has that affected the site fees? <laughs> We've raised them once, $10 a month, about uh, four years ago. So that's all we've done. We've uh, kept within our budget and haven't had a problem with that so far. We did put one new home on a lot last year, which added our way of, and we have another one in the works for this year. It should be, hopefully it'll be in by the end of March. So 
we'll have two more homes in the park new. So we're gradually filling them nine vacant lots, but our lot fees have been well within our budget and it we put so much money away for capital improvement. It's working out really good. That's really impressive. So that's a $10 increase over a 10 year period is what you've accomplished with all those improvements. That's truly impressive. I, I hope everybody in the co-op stops and appreciates all of what that represents. Where else are costs not rising a lot faster than that, where there's investment going on in the community? Fantastic. Tell us, uh, there's a lot of interest across network. I know the last Leadership Institute you attended, a lot of interest in your work on infill, new homes coming into the community. You mentioned one, you accomplished one last year. Just explain to other co-op leaders how you accomplished that. What was the structure? What was the strategy? We used to meet with people. They'd come to our park and we'd send them to some of the other dealers, but they also own parks. And one happened to own it within 10 miles from ours, and I would never see the people come back. So we formed a committee and we found a place to purchase these homes that were reasonable. It's a true value home. It's a nice home. And then over the 10 years, we've saved so much money in an operation reserve. So we uh, brought it up to the community and everybody voted on, yes, we can spend X amount of dollars, 50000 we came up with that we had. And we had it saved, so we weren't taking anything out of our operations, or which were we were really saving for a community center. But we figured it's cheaper. Let's fill the lots, and then we'll have the extra income to do the community center down the road. Excellent. And I'm curious, what was the selling price on the home, Dennis? And was this a single wide? It was a single, fourteen by seventy, three bedroom, two full baths. We sold it for forty eight five, forty eight thousand five hundred dollars. And your monthly site fee at this point is what? What's the cost? Three ninety five for a single, and four oh five for doubles. So under fifty thousand dollars for a three bedroom, two bath home, and under four hundred dollars for site fees. That's tremendous. Really, congratulations, Dennis. That involves some upfront spending on the rocks part, right? You're pouring the pad. You're hooking up utilities. Tell us about what goes into it, and and is it worth it? Well, definitely, it's worth it. And any time we can get new homes in our park and fill our lots, that's added income. We use our capital improvement funds for the pad and the hookup. And then the home itself is all out of that when we buy the, the home, the setup. And the uh, so the first one we did buy, this one that's coming in this year, it's a direct buy from the owner of the home. He's got his application in. He's already bought the house sitting here or it's sitting just up the road, but we'll do the same setup. We're going to pay for the infrastructure part, and then he pays for the home, bringing it in, setting it up, skirting in steps. So basically he has a turnkey, and we'll take care of all the rest to get the home in here. We found it's, it's a little bit of expense on our capital improvements, but it, it's in the long run, we're getting more homes and we're getting new homes. So it's uh, everybody on the board feels it's well worth it. And the membership, because we've discussed it at a general meeting, too. We had a committee, too, said that helped us find these homes. And we had quite a few, six, eight people. So as we record this, most of the country is focused on the unprecedented winter storm in Texas. But Marilla has had some pretty cataclysmic storms of its own, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you sit how close to two Great Lakes? Well, we're right at the end of Lake Erie. So everything comes across the lake and into Buffalo, which we're only 30 minutes from downtown Buffalo. 
So we get hammered there. And then if it comes from the north, Lake Ontario is just up to the top of us. So we get it when we get, we get, we're one of them snow belt. Everybody you've mentioned Buffalo, they all know, oh, you guys <laughs> with the snow. <laughs> I mean, a few yeah, years back. Right, exactly. You know, we did have a storm. We had over five feet of snow. So everybody in the community. I remember the pictures. Yeah. yeah tell, tell us about what happened there. Well, you couldn't get out. You couldn't get in. That's the reason we bought the new tractor, because we had an old tractor that was two-wheel drive and wouldn't do anything. So not with five foot of snow. But we managed. We did the old tractor and dug our way out. And, and we finally got a payloader in here. And our plow guy got the homes, the roofs we were concerned with. So we have quite a few young guys that everybody's here. And we got a list of anybody that needed a hand. And we went out and started shoveling roofs off. We lost one home in the storm, and it was really by misunderstanding. The woman was trapped out of town. She called, and we said, we'll get it done. And she called back and says, no, I got the neighbor to do it. Well, he didn't do it. She come home, and the roof was collapsed. So otherwise, I think we would have had them all saved. But it worked out good. I mean, everybody, we had the National Guard bringing prescriptions, and it was, uh, it was, it was something different in my lifetime. You can handle three feet. <laughs> I remember the pictures of the Humvees driving through almost up to the roofs, and I didn't realize they were bringing prescriptions in. That's amazing. Yeah, they were bringing in any kind of prescriptions, the fire department, snowmobiles, whatever it took. Hey, uh, Dennis, you've, you've had a long career in construction, and uh, obviously the physical improvements at Marilla Country Village are obvious to anybody who drives in, and I'm sure everybody in the in the region is aware of that. I want to ask you a few questions about the less visible changes. First, just as, as a community leader yourself, obviously you've had an extraordinary impact on the neighborhood. The dedication you've demonstrated is extraordinary, no question about it. I'm curious how you think about the co-op in the future. How do you build and expand leadership in the community? So there's future leadership to take the co-op to the next place it needs to go. We have a pretty good turnover on our board. We have pretty much to right now, we have a whole new board other than two people. We've expanded the board to nine board members from seven because we want to keep anybody who wants to be on the board here. We've uh, done the Ring Central thing and we post that. We have call one now. It's like a, a emergency service that we have set up in our park that we can call and announce board meetings or community meetings as reminders or when we need to shut the water off because of line blue. That's a big plus. We're getting more and more people involved. So it, it's it's taken time. The first few years, we've kind of shied away, but now I think we're getting more and more people online or coming to the board meetings before the COVID thing hit. We had, we'd have a full house at the board meetings besides the board members. So it's coming around quite a bit. And I think if we just keep pushing, uh, a couple of the young board members are younger, younger people, and they're, they're interested and they like to know what's, how do I do it or how do we do it? Good, good. So people are coming along and getting more, more involved and asking you questions about how, how this all how this all works. That's great. The board and the membership has approved some local grant making uh, donations, and you've really transformed the reputation of Marilla Country Village in the region. Can you tell other co-op members, leaders, 
some of the things the co-op has undertaken to really change its reputation, build its reputation in the area. I'm involved with Alden School District, which is our school. I'm on a committee with their community-based committee for all their home or their improvements, capital improvements. The park itself, we always donate to the Dollars for Scholars Fund. That's a real good cause. And we've talked about, which maybe this coming year, we'll, we're going to just have a scholarship for any of the, the people in our park besides, you know, not a big amount of dollars, but something that they could use towards books or whatever. That's in real good. The Erie County Sheriff's and the Sheriff's Department, they were told before we bought the park, when we had called them and said, you know, we were the new owners and they said, oh, we're told never come in that park unless we're called. Now we invite them. They drive through. We have a good rapport with the, with them, the town themselves. We have a real good working relationship with the town. So all in all, and everybody says, boy, your park's way different than it used to be. So and it's a nice thing, a nice feeling to have that, you know, the school door that the, they all know who I am with being on the committees. We try to stay involved wherever we can in, in uh, some of that. The school's the big one. That's tremendous. Education. Yeah, education. Absolutely. How many kids live in the community? Just roughly. There's got to be, oh, probably 25 now, young from newborns to 15. We have a pretty good assorted pack. A lot of young ones, ones, three, fours, and they're just going to kindergarten, some of them. So, and it's nice to see. Describe the homeowners in the community for the listeners, Dennis. You know, what's the mix of young families, single people, older folks? Just generally speaking, what's the mix of people? We're probably, I would say, 65 from percent of 65 and older, and then 40% under that. We have a pretty good mix. We have a lot of young families and a lot of seniors. We're now in the last three, well, we've sold six homes in the last, this past year, and it was to people that were downsizing. And we're getting twice the amount of money for these homes. It's amazing. I, I, I can't believe what we're getting. Not what the co-op's getting, but what the individual homeowners are getting when they're selling. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I, I mean, we're selling home singles for 30000 29000 and they're they're eight ten years old, but people now with it being resident owned, they're really taking care of the homes, and everybody looks out for everybody. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. You know, one of the things that makes for a resilient community is the level of community engagement, neighbors helping each other out. Have you seen any examples through the pandemic of neighbors stepping up? Maybe some people that would even surprise you, but uh, you know, people stepping up and helping one another out. Have you seen that at Marilla? We actually started a uh, food uh, up by the mail room. We have a not, not pretty good mail room area. And we, as soon as it started, we had people donate food and put it up there for anybody in the park. That went really well. We had so much food. We had, we got more storage bins and, and uh, so everybody, you know, they wanted to take it. They're more than welcome. That in itself was a, a real good program to help anybody that was laid off. We have quite a few neighbors that will check in with the other neighbor and, you know, is everything okay? And That's great. Dennis, we've heard that you're taking your experience on the road now. Pathstone, the Rock USA certified technical assistance provider in New York, has recruited you for several speaking engagements across the state. 
at communities that are considering becoming rocks. Tell us what that's like and, and what kind of questions do you hear? I, I love it. I've been to four communities and all four of them bought their park. And it was usually before the parks, Lakeland, Boston, or up in Saratoga Springs. I don't know the name of the town down in Geneseo. They actually had the same questions we had 10 years ago. And when I go down and meet with the people and explain how, you know, yeah, the first couple of years you're going to be in that, you know, the board has to, you're going to do a little more work, but as it gets better, there's less work. I would always take our, our community rules all our little forms, because we're kind of form happy up here with tree form if you need a cut or a complaint form or, but it works. <laughs> I, at least it works in our park. Um, you know, everybody, everybody looks out for everybody. And uh, when I went to all the communities and, and spoke with them and told them, you don't have nothing to lose. This is the best thing you could do. And then when I tell them the same thing, we only raised the rent, you know, one time. I love it. I, I think this is the best thing. If I could get every park bought out and into the co-op, I would be there if I had to be there. <laughs> That's great, Dennis. And I know you've enjoyed, I couldn't count how many leadership institutes you've been to, but I know you're uh, always an enthusiastic participant and other co-op leaders are always eager to hear from you. Just share with folks, maybe one of your favorite stories from a Rock Leadership Institute, anything Anything that might come to mind from one of your several institutes? I think when I was down in, I think it was Columbus or Cleveland, whatever, when we were in, and we were talking about the community center that we wanted to do. And I got talking to quite a few people and they were telling me that, you know, and I, we were talking about the storm and they're like, well, you, you really should have a, we can get you grants and there's things out there and you can make it a storm shelter to protect all the people. So that that has been one of my biggest, but it's little steps at a time. I want to get the, but yeah, I I've learned a lot, and I love meeting with the people from all the different areas and the communities, and just just expressing, you know, this is how we do it, and and they they same thing. They have some ideas, and so that's great. Yes, the emergency shelter discussion, I recall it well, and and there have been several great examples. We interviewed Nativi Dodd not long ago, and of course they built a community center that's also a tornado shelter. And now they're working with libraries without borders and doing some education in the community center for kids in the neighborhood. It's fantastic what a community center can bring to a community. It's awesome. So Dennis, I've heard you mention the importance of a good property manager. And I think you said you wouldn't want to try to run a rock without one, even if it were just a dozen homes, no less one the size of Marilla. Why is that? It takes a lot of pressure off the community. I mean, they're, they're collecting the rents. We use our property management company to do park inspections. They come once a month and anybody in rule violations, they send that notice out to them and say, this needs to be corrected and they copy the board in. But then there's not the, well, you're friends with this guy and this one doesn't get it. So it's all fair. Fair is fair. And they do a lot of, I mean, the paperwork, they work with us on the budgets. They, there's, there's so much stuff that I think if we had to do it, I probably couldn't be the president or, well, or the secretary and the treasurers and the bookkeeping and the, uh, that the property management company is well worth to keep that all organized. I see what, you know, I've been doing it. So I, I see what the, you know, the accountants need and all the paperwork and, and, uh, 
and of course, whatever rock needs their monthly statements. And, and it, that's a, a full-time job in itself. Our property management company has three people that work on ours daily pretty much. That's great advice. Yeah. We often talk to co-op boards who are trying to work through that, what to do, what, what to put into a contract with a property management company or a financial services company. And, and it's that inherent conflict of interest uh, that's just tough to shake sometimes, even if it's not real, right? But the fact that you played cards with, with that group on Friday night, and then on Monday morning, you're knocking on a door to talk about back rents or park rules violation. It just leads to, to really difficult conversations and conflicts that lead to a lot of rumor in the community. I'm sure you've got plenty of stories of rumors in the community as it is without taking on those, those particular responsibilities directly. So good for you. Dennis, I, I got to believe in your near decade, if not a decade plus here of leadership in the community, you've, you've got some real lessons learned and some real wisdom to share with other co-op leaders. I wonder if you have one or two things off the top of your head that really you've come to, come to see as just vital to a successful presidency at a, as a resident community. I think the main thing is, is be fair with everybody in the park. And the community, you want to keep everybody, just like I said, equal. I, I don't, everybody in our park, I look at them as, as equal to me. I, I'm the, my, my job is to, you know, make sure that this park is run fair, safe. That's the biggest thing. We do background checks in our applications, four, five, six pages long. And, and we do, we, we literally meet with everybody that's a new person coming in as like a meet and greet type thing. So I, I think that uh, the main thing is, you know, you have, whether you're on the board or you're not on the board, but it's your, you got to look out for the good of the community ahead of everything else. I couldn't have stated it better myself. Fair and consistent, Dennis. Uh, really uh, well stated. And uh, again, congratulations on such success at Marilla Country Village. And thank you for all that you do in your community. And uh, of course, what you offer to communities across the country, because people really do look up to what you're all accomplishing at Marilla. So congratulations. Thank you. And there it is, our conversation with Dennis Jakobowski. Marilla Country Village has accomplished so much in 10 years of resident ownership tree removal, paving projects, a new tractor, bringing in new homes. And the most incredible part is that they've accomplished all of that while only raising rent once in 10 years. They really are making the best out of resident ownership at Marilla Country Village, Mike. I can't wait to see what they come up with next. Perhaps a community center? I really love that they have a scholarship program for kids in their community heading to college. It's an incredible commitment to the community. Indeed, indeed. If you've enjoyed our first episodes, don't forget to tell your friends and your neighbors. Is there someone you'd like to hear from in an upcoming episode? Are there great stories happening in your community that you'd like us to know about? Send us an email to ownershipmatters at rocusa.org. That's ownershipmatters at rocusa.org. Thank you for joining us.